0: for Children's Church, and uh, he left the words up here so I could sing. Go ahead and and redo that. Yeah. Mass exodus is what happened there. John chapter 14. Miss uh, Deborah and Brother Johnny would also like to say thank you for um, the church who have brought Food and medicine and prayers and all sorts of things uh, for them as well. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it makes a difference when you have a good church and uh, church family uh, to help uh, during uh, difficult times. And so they're very thankful and um, wanted to express that to the church as well. And then um, for the change for the kids, we. Since we're getting so close to Christmas, uh, uh, we will be taking it up again next week and then the 20th, okay? So um, next week and the 20th, we'll be taking change up for the kid kids. The 20th will be the cutoff. Now, you can give after the 20th, it'll just go for the following year, okay, because we're going to do this every year, um, and I also want to say this, um, if... Um, um, during the year, uh, you don't get a chance to give, and you want to give. You can you can also um, give in your tithe uh, uh, in your envelope and just mark it uh, Christmas for kids, uh, Christmas for missionary children. Um, however, you want to mark it, and uh, and that'll go all the money that goes in and comes in for that will go towards um, uh, an extra Christmas gift for. Our missionaries that have um, small children, or I say small children, eighteen years old and and younger, um, and so that's a, just a big blessing to them, and um, something that we started a, a little while ago, and just uh, is just a, it's just a huge help uh, to them. So um, next week, and then the twentieth, okay, we'll take it up uh, again next two Sundays uh, for. Um, uh, the change for the children, and then um, and then we'll we'll continue. Um, matter of fact, in December, it's kind of weird, but anyways, in December, the first Sunday in December, we'll do it again, but it'll be for the twenty twenty three season uh, for Christmas. Okay, so um, just wanted to make clear on that. Next two weeks, uh, the kids. Um, are going to be coming down with the buckets. Be ready. Because we've taught them just to stand there and look at you with those eyes and look up at you as I miss. And if you can, if you can turn away one of these kids, uh, then then that's bad. Okay. So um, uh, come prepared next week, and then of course, again on uh, the 20th, it'll give a couple uh, extra options to be able to give uh, towards the kids, uh, missionary kids' Christmas. John chapter number 14. Love. If I had to pick a, a favorite New Testament passage, uh, I couldn't. But I do love John chapter 14. And uh, years ago, um, I, I, I put John chapter 14 in the first six verses to memory, uh, and I use it all the time. I use these verses all the time uh, because they're so relevant. Now, the Word of God is relevant. All the Word of God is relevant uh, for us, but what I mean by relevant is, is you know, we're always in the midst of trouble. Now, sometimes we're on the mountaintop, it's, it's wonderful, sometimes we're in between, sometimes we're in the valley, but there's always trouble because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world full of sin, we live in a world that uh, none of us are perfect, um, you know, we live in a world where people are crooked. People, people are liars. People will cheat you. We're living in a world where people will do terrible, terrible things to other people because we live in a in a, in a fallen world. I was watching the. Um, well, I was just watching a, a piece of the sentencing uh, of the man from the was it Parkwood. What was the name of that, where, where he did all that shooting and killed all those young people? Was it Parkwood? Park. Parkland. Parkland. And, um, man, I'm telling you right, that judge, that, she was a woman sitting up there, and she she gave him one life sentence without parole after another, after another, after another. And I'm thinking to myself, give it to him. I mean, he, I don't know how you serve more than one life sentence. But anyways, he got... Like 34 of them. And um, what makes people do the things they do? You ever think about that? I mean, you ever think about why would somebody go do something like that? Why would, and you know, the, the simple answer is sin, right? That's the simple answer. The simple answer is we live in a fallen world and be careful. Be careful about how you judge people because, but for the grace of God, there go I. And this idea. Be careful of this as well. This idea that, oh no, huh. not, not, me. You know, that was, that was Peter. Remember Peter? Oh no, Lord. I mean, I'm here to tell you, John might deny you. <laughs> Matthew, I, you know, I've had my doubts about Matthew. He didn't say these things, but, you know, maybe he wondered them. But he said, no, not me, Lord. I'll never do it. I would never be capable of. And that's exactly what Peter did, is he denied the Lord three times, just like the Lord said he would do. And why? Because we're all capable. It's the grace of God, the absolute grace of God. And that's what Paul said. Paul said, I am what I am simply by the grace of God. The good things that I do are by the grace of God. This idea that you do good things because you're a good person, you're not a good person. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that breaks your heart. I'm sorry that hurts your feelings. But the bottom line is, the Bible says that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. Not one of us. We've all missed the mark. We have all failed. If it wasn't for God's grace, we would all die and go to hell. Now, You don't hear that too much anymore. Why? Because it hurts people's feelings. And by golly, you can't hurt people's feelings anymore. I mean, you just, you hurt people's feelings and you end up in jail. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy anymore. But let me tell you what the Bible says is what we should be preaching. What the Bible says is what we should be sharing with other people. And listen, people are not good by their own nature. Our own nature is sinful. And therefore, in a fallen world, we have trouble. Do you remember, I remember, I remember, um, Ms. Penny, you, you remember this. Um, I remember when we were in um, uh, um, FBI and, uh, and he, used to, he used to say this, a teacher in there, he used to say this, said, now why in the world wouldn't God create a perfect place with perfect people? And then he'd say, oh, wait a minute, he did. He did do that, folks. And then guess what? Man messed it up because man always messes things up. We all, we're always messing things up. And sin entered the world, and guess what? There are consequences to the sin. Consequences to sin. Next time you really get mad, ladies, about laboring, talk to Eve. I mean, it's a consequence to sin. It's a consequence to the decisions we make. The next time, man, I'm telling you, every time, you know me, ah, yard work. I'm, I'm going to start my own yard business because I love yard work. I hate it. I mean, despise it. If you pull a weed, three come back. You ever notice that some of y'all love working in there? There's something wrong with you. Somebody, some of you love working in the yard, okay? And, and but I'm telling you, every time I, I'll, I'll take a day and I'll just—I mean, you know, you're getting old, and the next day your legs hurt and your knees hurt and your—I mean, your pinky hurts. You not even use your pinky. I mean, everything hurts, right? And you spend all day on it, and it ain't two days. You go outside and there's weeds everywhere. Thank you, Adam consequence. I mean, we're going to work in the sweat of our brow. I mean, all these things are consequences. There is trouble in the midst of our lives, every single one of us. So Jesus speaks to his disciples in John chapter 14. And he says, let not your heart be troubled. Yes, there's going to be problems. Yes, there's going to be tribulation. Yes, there's going to be difficulties. But stop worrying yourself over it. Man, we are, we are, we are people that worry, worry, worry. We worry about, I mean, we worry about everything. And 87% of the things that we worry about, we can do nothing about. We can't do anything about it. It's kind of like you knew it was coming. It's kind of like football. You ever watch a football game? Now listen, I tell Kyle all the time, listen, I don't want to watch the game. The only time I want to watch the game is when it's over and I know my team won. Uh, People are like, that's just weird. I'm sorry. The stress, the stress level. You're screaming at the television. You're jumping up and down. You're yelling at the refs. None of them can hear you. And if they could, they don't care. But don't we? We're screaming and hollering. My next door neighbor, listen to me guaranteed my next-door neighbor knows every time George is playing cuz he's about to call 911 and then says, "Oh, yeah, George is playing." Because the screams, somebody is being murdered at my house, no doubt. I mean, we get anxious, we get I, I mean, we get excited about. I mean, why in the world did you do such a nonsense as that? Why did you make that call? Why didn't you do cuz you know, it's way easier to be a quarterback. Sitting in your recliner watching television. But why didn't you do that? I mean, and you're worried about if they're going to score. You can't do anything about it. Now, I can't convince my son of that. He's, gonna go, he's going to go. Listen, he's going and benching everybody. No, take him out. Take, he jumped. He screamed at the team. Take him out of the game! And he was screaming. <laughs> like, Kyle, you don't have say-so, first of all. And they can't hear you, second of all. But isn't that what we do? We get so worried. We get so anxious about things that we can't do anything about. So Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'd go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Thomas asked a wonderful question in verse number 5. He said, how can we know the way? You're talking about this place that you're going to prepare, this wonderful place, this place full of mansions, uh, this place uh, that you're going to be. How can we know? How can we get there? Listen to me. Don't tell me about this wonderful restaurant that has all this great food and then not give me directions. I want to know how to get there so I can eat there. I want to know how to get to that store. If they got all these sales, I want to know. Those are, don't ever tell me that they're having a great big book sale and they're not telling me how to get there. I'll come to your house. Why? Because I want to get there. As what Thomas said. How can we know the way, Lord? And Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus said, I am that way. I am the one and only way. And you want to get there, you got to go through me. But you know what his whole purpose was? His whole purpose was stop focusing on the now and think about what's coming in the future. When things start to get heavy, and they will, I wish I could say in life, when something bad happens, that's the only time that think bad thing's gonna happen. Unfortunately, things happen; I, they seem to happen in threes. I don't know why that is, but they seem to happen. So, there's one thing bad happening. You're just kind of looking at your watch, going, "Yep, here we go. What's next?" You know, one kid to get sick, you're guaranteed the other one's gonna get sick, and you're gonna get sick, and then and then mama's gonna get sick. And I mean, it just isn't that the way it happens. One car breaks down. It's like It's like they're jealous that they don't get the attention, so the other car breaks down. It's crazy, but it happens that way, doesn't it? And there's trouble, and there's trouble, and then you get victory. Don't you like victory? I love victory. I mean, I absolutely love it. I mean, you get through a problem, you get through a valley. It was tough, but you learn so much through that valley, and and, and, man, you're better for it, you're stronger spiritually for it, and he gets you to the other side, and you think to yourself, praise the Lord, and then the devil just goes, boom! when you're not looking, and sometimes, sometimes some of our worst and toughest defeats, some of our worst and most difficult times in our lives are right after a victory. Because man, you, you want a victory and all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, Whew, I did it. I can't believe, I can't believe I did. It. It's kind of like in school. When we were in college, we used to have to take these tests in college and some of them man when i was when i was in um when i was in college you had to take doctrines one and two well doctrines in doctrines class you had to write 10 10 page papers Man, i'll write me the mess out of a sermon and it would be 10 15 20 pages long but i do not like to write papers so they give you an option to take doctrines in the summer I said, I don't even care what you have to do. You don't have to write papers. I'm in. Well, I took it, and then they gave us the, gave us the bucket of memory verses that we had to memorize throughout the summer. And I'm talking about large passages of scripture. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God. And so we'd go and I'm that person. There's two kinds of people, really. There's the person that memorizes and then goes, bleh, on the test, and then doesn't remember anything ever again. And then there's the person that memorizes and keeps it in their head. I was the one that, bleh, and it was gone. And so I memorized all these verses, and, 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 and boom, I got it. I mean, I got it perfect, 100%. I'm just rejoicing. And then there was a test next week. Why? Because there's always a test next week. There's always another difficulty. There's always another. I'm not trying to be a... Down, out here but i'm just telling you the truth and the truth remember what the truth will do it'll make you free right it'll set you free and so we need to know the truth so we're not so we're not side see it's amazing to me that the average christian the average christian is shocked that things are getting worse in this world i'm telling you the average christian is shocked why would we be doesn't the Bible say things are going to wax worse and worse? I'm here to tell you, I just, I just go out on a limb. I, they're getting worser and worser. I mean, I, you, just as soon, has you ever thought this before? Just as soon as you think it can't get any worse, don't say that. Why would you say that for? It's going to get worse, and it's going to continue to get worse. As long as there's people in this world, it's going to continue to get worse and worse and more difficult and more difficult. I want to talk to you, really, probably for a couple weeks, just on two points. It takes me a long time anymore to talk about two points. But there's a problem, and there's a promise. There's a problem, and there's a promise. I want to talk about the problem first, and we see it here in John chapter number 14. Look down with me in verse number 11. John chapter 14, verse number 11. Go back up with me to verse number 9. Jesus begins to speak again, and says, says unto him, uh, he's talking to Philip, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Now, let me tell you something. That is a powerful statement. Do you know what Jesus is saying here? I and my Father are one. He's saying, listen, you're talking about about seeing God. Look, just look at me. I'm God. That's what Jesus is saying here. And can I tell you, the disciples and everybody listening knew exactly what he was talking about. There's no hidden message here. There's no, no, listen, he is either God or he is a blasphemer. Those are the only two choices on the shelf. He says, if you've seen me, Philip, you've seen the Father. Look what else he says. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believe on me, the works that I do, Shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Let me tell you one. No, let me tell you what, the first problem. And this is a problem. Not just in the world; it's a problem in the church, and it's the problem of unbelief. The problem of unbelief. Philip, how long have you been with me? Can I tell you? I can see. I can hear Jesus saying, "Joe, how long have you had the Word of God? How long have you said that you've been a Christian?" How long have you been walking with me? How long have you been in church? How long have you studied God's Word? The problem isn't knowledge. The problem is the lack of belief. The lack of belief. Do you know some things are easier to understand than others? One plus one equals two. Not hard to grasp a hold of, right? Right? But you know in imaginary numbers that 1 plus 1 equals 3 as well? It's like when you get up into the math that I can't spell and I have absolutely no desire to know anything about. Calculus and trigonometry and all these crazy... I have no... Some of y'all got a mind for it. God bless you. Some of us don't care. I don't I don't want to know. Some things are easier to understand than others. You see, it's easy for me to understand that when I go over to the switch and go click, the light comes on. When it doesn't, and I go open the breaker box, it's like opening the you know, so like opening the car hood, you know. I look in there and go, "Well, it's not thrown. I, I could check the bulb." But other than that, I don't know how electricity works. And quite frankly, I don't care. I got Mark, uh, Mark Hurst, I got him a, I found an old book. I mean, I mean, this thing was old, old book on patterns of electricity. It's like, really? Who in the world would even look at this book, let alone enjoy it? But he said, you would be surprised how much things have stayed the same. And he tried to tell myself, Mark, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Some things are easier to understand than others. I want to be able to, to, to throw the switch, right? I want it to come on. I don't want to have to, uh, have to figure all these things out. Some things are easier to understand than others, and I want you to know something. Even when you don't understand, you can believe. There's a lot of things. I, listen, there's a lot of things I have questions about. And I know people think, preacher's not supposed to have questions. Well, that's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. A preacher doesn't have questions is a preacher's a liar. Or he doesn't study God's word. There are plenty of things that I scratch my head and go, why in the world? I don't understand that. I don't understand why. But you know what? I don't have to understand it. I can believe it. I don't have to understand what kind of whale swallowed Jonah. I don't have to understand that. But you know what we do? Listen, this is what we do. Because we don't understand something, we just push it away. Well, it's just kind of like hyperbole. It's just kind of easy. That really didn't really happen. I mean, what really? You know why? Because we don't understand. And if we don't understand, we don't want to believe. That's a problem. And can I tell you, it's an exponential problem amongst God's people. Philip. How long have I been with you? Why aren't you, why don't you believe? Why would you ask me, uh, can, can we see the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Listen to me, Philip, just believe. Unbelief, it is a problem in the church today. When it comes to belief, right? When it comes to trust, there's a lot of... Synonyms, you know, you can use to uh, to talk about to talk about believing when you talk about trusting. What do we need to believe? There's some things that are fundamental, aren't there? I remember when I went to a school right out of boot camp. There's some things that we had to some things that we had to learn. You had to um, part of part of my job was um, was tracking was radar. Well, one of the fundamentals wasn't, see, see, when you use radar, you sit down in front of a radar, it comes up, there's little, to put it simply, little blips up there that you follow and you track and everything's done on a computer. Well, good news, you don't start with that. We had to learn dead reckoning track tracking, we had to learn. And I'm thinking to myself, we had to do it all by hand. We had to do it all by maps. We had to do it all by using compasses and all these things. We had to start with the fundamentals. And if you're going to believe, you need to start at the beginning. You see this idea that I just got saved, and so I just trusted Christ as my personal Savior, so I'm going to jump in both feet into the book of Ezekiel. Let me tell you something. Chapter 1, you're going to jump both feet right back out. Most of us would, right? Most of us. Can I tell you something about about God's people? A lot of God's people are afraid of God's word. They are. They're afraid they're going to get to something that they don't understand. Can I help you out with something? You're going to get to something that you don't understand. I promise you're going to get to something. You're going to get to something that you can't explain. But here's, here's what God says. God doesn't tell us everything. Have you figured that part out yet? I hope you figured that out, part out yet. Yeah. Listen, this whole creation, yeah. listen, let me tell you what I believe about creation. God spoke and it happened. Yeah. There's a lot involved in creation. And one of the biggest things, listen, you ready? Who, who in the world did Adam and Eve's kids marry and have children with? Yeah, come on. Yeah, you got it all figured out, right? No. No. Why? Because God doesn't tell. Well, there's a pre-Adamic race. Where's that in the Bible? Well, there's a... No, where's that in the Bible? You know, God doesn't tell us everything. And boy, it really bothers God's people. Well, what was Lot's wife's name? Miss Lot. I don't know. I don't know what her name is. What does it matter what her name was? But you know what? That's what we do. We focus and we focus and we focus and we focus and we forget all the things that we need to know, forget all the things that we need to believe and concentrate on the one thing that we don't know. So don't be afraid of God's Word. Go through God's Word and, and, and learn and grow and, and believe. Believe God. Let me, let me give you a couple things uh, real quick uh, this morning about, uh, about belief. Number one, believe God can save you. Believe God can save you. That's where it starts. Can I I help you out with a couple things? You can't save yourself. The person next to you can't save you. This preacher can't save you. This church can't save you. Baptism can't save you. Confirmation. Can't say. You can be a member of every church in Effingham. I don't know how many that is, but it's a whole lot. And it's not going to get you to heaven. So, so we can't save. So if I can't save myself, and I can't do enough works to save me, because by the way, if, if it was by works, which we know it's not, but if it was by works, Ephesians 2.8.9, then how much works? How much do I do to get saved? And do I have to do the same amount as you do, or is it according to my sin, or is it no? It has nothing to do with any of those things. It has to do with whether you place your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus Christ, He came. What did He do? He He preached, right? I mean, He did miracles. He raised the dead. The deaf could hear, the dumb could speak, the lame could walk, the dead lived again. I mean, can you imagine, can you picture just the the time that, that Jesus spent, just those short three and a half years in his earthly ministry that he spent being around that? The miraculous things that he did, but can I tell you he didn't come for that reason? Do you know he came for a purpose? The Bible says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. i tell you what you need to begin with. You need to begin with believing that Jesus can save you. Because that's the only way to be saved. He says in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way. Let me tell you what Jesus is saying. Let me, let me, um, l- let me paraphrase John 14 and verse 6. Jesus said, I'm it. Period. There's no other way. Because he said, I am... Now, understand the definite article is different than the indefinite article. The definite article means that's it. There's the word, the, right? I am the way. He didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way. So, what does that mean? People... People get so stirred up about this, Uh, and I'm sorry that they get stirred up about it, but listen to me. If Jesus is the way, then every other way has to be wrong. Now, man, I'm telling you, that stirs people up. So you're telling me, yes, that's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that Jesus is the only way. According to the Word of God, He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by Him. Believe, the Bible says in Acts chapter 16, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Believe uh, on Him, and you can be saved. Listen, Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. Believe God can save us. Hebrews 7 and verse 25, the scripture says, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. One preacher said, he saves uh, uh, them uh, from the guttermost to the uttermost deep into our sins, and He lifts us up out of the muck and the mire of life and sets our feet upon a solid rock. Peter is not that rock. Jesus is that rock. And Jesus is the one that can save us. Belief. Listen, our problem is unbelief. We need to get back to believing and believe that God can save us. Number one, believe God can save us. Number two, believe God can use us. God could use even me. The day I came to that conclusion was a great day in my life. That God would even look my way. That God would desire to use me as a whatever in the ministry was astonishing to me. Because nobody knew me better than me. And I'm I'm here to tell you, I wasn't worthy to be used. And I'm not worthy to be used. Let me help you out with something. Either are you. So what a blessing it is that God desires. What a blessing. Figure this out. Figure this one out. The God of heaven. I'm talking about the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I'm talking about the God of the word of God knows your name. I kid about it all the time, and I only partially kid. My mom forgets my name half the time. And God knows my name. Did you do this when you had, if you had multiple kids, did you do this when, you're, when, when, when your kids were growing up? You went through the, the whole name. I mean, God bless you if you had like six or seven. I mean, all the way through all of them until you, you, till you got to the last one. I mean, we only had three, and we never started off with the right one, ever. It was Emma's I was talking about, it was Anna Kyle, Emma. In a column. We should have named them all the same name, right? It would have been a lot easier. But, I mean, it God knows your name. God knows the very number of ha- hairs that are upon your head. It's how intimately God knows you, and that God cares for you, and that God's there for you, and that God wants to use you. We see it throughout the Word of God. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it when... When Elijah says, how long halt you between two opinions? If God be God, then follow him. If Baal be God, then follow him. Make a choice. Remember what Joshua says, as for me and my house? Let's we'll serve the Lord. We'll make that decision. In the New Testament, remember when Paul got saved? Matter of fact, his name was Saul. He was so transformed, his name changed to Paul. He's on the road to Damascus. man. He got hit so hard, he was blinded when he got up. What was his first words? His first words. Lord, what would thou have me to do? What do you want me to do? I'm, you know, what did Isaiah say? Remember, remember when Isaiah, yeah, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up? You remember when he saw the Lord, when, when Isaiah saw the Lord on the throne? Remember in, in the year the king Uzziah died? He he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and and Isaiah said, Woo! God's getting a good one in me. Here I am, Lord. I mean, shoo! you got lucky. No, no, no. He never volunteered until he saw his own wickedness. And let me help you out with something. You that are always so judgmental of other people. He saw his own wickedness before he saw the wickedness of his people huh, that's interesting. We're always so worried about everybody else and what they're doing and how they are. And you got this, you're worried about this little bitty sliver and you've got a great big telephone pole sticking out your eyeball. Isaiah saw his own wickedness. He saw his own sinfulness. And then he saw the sinfulness of his people. But then he said, "Am hey, I, Lord, send me. I'll go, use me. What a blessing. Believe that God can use you. Now, it may not be in a pulpit. It may not be doing this. But can I tell you, God has gifted you. He's gifted us all different. Aren't you glad for that? I'm glad that God has gifted us all different. I'm so glad that there are people out there that know how to work on a car. I'd be in trouble. I mean, literally. Wendy, listen. Listen. Wendy is so glad that there are people like me out there that will pump gas, because she refuses to do it. She'll run. Listen, any time she says, babe, you want to switch cars? I knew, I know automatically. I said, just listen, I'll just follow you and get gas, because I already know the light is on. I'm not talking about, it's almost out. I'm talking about it's gone. <laughs> we went through New Jersey. Listen, ain't much redeeming about New Jersey. But we went through, we went through New Jersey. We stopped. Got out to get our... No, 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 no. It's illegal to pump your gas in New Jersey. Wendy's like, you want to move to New Jersey? <laughs> it's like the only redeeming thing about New Jersey for her, you know, is they pump your gas. She, she absolutely... So aren't you glad that we're all made up different? We all have different skill sets. We all have different gifts. Stop coveting everybody else's gift. Find out what yours is and use it for God's honor and God's glory and believe that God can use you. My daughter, Emma, she is just absolutely thriving. She misses home. She is a homebody. She misses home. But she is absolutely thriving. They went to a cavern there in Virginia. can't remember the name of it now. It um, was a weird name caverns you know you go down and you go and see the stalagmites and stalactites well we've been down in a cavern the acoustics down in a cavern are unbelievable obviously it's a cavern and so they're going through there their group is down there and they're going through there and they start singing and here comes the guy that runs the caverns down there and he comes over and they said oh boy we're in trouble and the guy come over and said listen would you mind coming over into this other part of the cavern? Because the acoustics are really good over here. It's like, okay. They had like a group of 200 people in the caverns listening to them. After they got done singing, I mean, they got they were so excited. A, a couple came over. He said, it's our, it's our anniversary and our whole family's here. Would you come up and when we're done down here, would you come and we're eating? Would you, would you, would you come over and sing for us for our anniversary? And Emma's just like, I mean, you can't, you couldn't smack the smile off that child's face. I mean, she's so excited about, oh, she'll share some of these things with you. But she's so excited about, listen, God can use you. Even if you think that He can't, even if you think you have no skill sets, even if you think that you've wasted your life, can I promise you something? God can use you. Your problem isn't that God can use you, your problem is you don't believe it. Believe it. Do you realize that all things are possible to them that believe? It's possible. God can do it. If he can make a camel go through the eye of a needle, if he can can have a virgin conceive, if God can save me, I promise he can save you and use you as well. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our eyes are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith. Or your trust in Jesus Christ. Your problem is unbelief. Your problem is unbelief. Jesus said He is the only way. Place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and He will forgive you. He will save you. You say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'd die right now. I'd go to heaven to be with God and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning right back down. I pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. I'm not sure about it, preacher. Please remember me in your prayers. Those are one. What a blessing it is to be saved, to know our sins are forgiven, to know that one day to be absent from this body will to be present with the Lord. What a blessing that is. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. I don't care what station of life you're in. I don't care how old you are, how rich you are, how poor you are, if you're a male, female, child, or an adult. I want you to know something God can use you. God can use you. You just need to believe it. You just need to trust Him. You just need to walk. Just get walking one step in front of the other, serving the Lord. Let's stand together.